On this episode of Ref Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Miami Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me, thanks to the mighty power of the internet, is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Pretty good. I'm looking outside, and there's a little bit of sun shining through the clouds, so I might be able to ride my motorcycle into work today. Nice. Fun stuff. Yes. Still sunny. Still uh, lots of pollen in the air, so uh, I know my allergies are uh, still acting up a little bit. Not as bad as last week, though, so hopefully I can make it through this. Yeah, and I think I caught your allergies through the internet, so well, I can make it. I got this. Okay. I didn't know that was possible, but I'm uh, glad I could be of assistance. It's the only thing that makes sense. Cause and effect. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, we only have one race to go over this week, but let's just dive right into it. Uh, the Formula One Miami Grand Prix. This race uh, is always hyped up every year by Formula One. And for the second year in a row, it has, in my opinion, underdelivered. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the U.S.-based races, but Formula One seems hell-bent on giving us a really bad name when it comes to how we celebrate, especially sporting events here in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. <laughs> um. But let's go through qualifying real quick. We'll give you the top 10 to give you context for the race. On pole position was Sergio Perez, followed by Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz. Fourth and fifth were Kevin Magnussen and Pierre Gasly. Six through 10 was George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Esteban Ocon, Max Verstappen, and Valtteri Bottas. It is worth noting that Max Verstappen did not have a time put on the board in Q3 due to a mistake early on in the session. He... I went back to the pits to reset, and then on his second run at the end of the session, Leclerc crashed into the wall ahead of him and caused a red flag, which ended the session right there. So Max did not have a time and started P9, because Bottas was in the same situation. Yeah, if I had a nickel for every time a Haas got higher when qualifying because of a crash, that red flagged qualifying session in Q3, I'd have two nickels. Yeah, several nickels. More than one. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Magnuson in fourth really uh, did not expect that. Yeah, it was a good laugh from him, even regardless of the red flag. Yeah. All right, moving into the race. Uh, Perez maintained his lead at the beginning. DeVries locked up and hit Norris, sending both drivers to the back of the pack right after turn one. Verstappen quickly made his way through the pack at the beginning, making it to P2 by lap 15. Russell was able to get past Gasly on lap 8. After that, Magnussen and Leclerc battled for several laps, but Magnussen was able to hold his position for actually quite a while. On lap 18, Sainz locked up on his way into the pits and earned a 5-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Perez pit on lap 21 to switch to the hard tires. Uh, on lap 37, Leclerc was able to pass Magnussen for P11 just for Magnussen to get past back to, uh, get past him again into turn one. Um, and then on that same lap, Russell was able to get past Sainz. On lap 38, Magnussen uh, pa- uh, got passed by Leclerc this time for good. On f- lap 46, Verstappen um, made a pit stop for the medium tires, dropping him back behind Perez. 
but a lap later, Verstappen caught up to Perez and battled him into turn one, making a pretty awesome pass for the lead. It was actually quite a close battle there for a couple corners. On lap 53, Leclerc passed Gasly for P6, and then the next lap, Hamilton passed Gasly for P7, and then passed Leclerc later that lap to take P6. That was pretty much all that happened in the race. Uh, there was actually quite a bit of overtaking, but at the same time, it was, in my opinion, not very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you and I were talking earlier that we both uh, took a little snooze towards the middle uh, of the race, and we woke up and not a whole lot has changed, despite the fact that apparently a lot of things had changed. Uh, it, Yeah. A lot of noise happened, yeah. I feel like, but not a lot of actual, like, meaningful overtakes and uh, maneuvers. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the track, because um, while there was overtaking, it just wasn't that exciting. I think part of the reason is that there's really only two spots, two or three spots to overtake, and all of them involve DRS passes. Yeah, and they shortened... Uh, did they shorten two of the DRS zones? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which definitely doesn't help, as we saw with the last race, too. Yeah, it doesn't help. There was, it was going to, you know, there's going to be less overtaking because of that. But also, I think it's just with there only being the DRS passes, and then with the way the track's laid out, you can't really fight back once you get past into the corners. And so... While there was a lot of overtaking, they weren't exactly spectacular or risky. It was all just DRS passes on straights. Um, so, I don't know. I just think the track doesn't really lend itself to good racing. Uh, but a lot of people disagreed and said it was a very good race, but I am in the camp that that was just as, if not more boring than Baku was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't really get a whole lot of enjoyment out of this race, personally. Yep. I, uh, yeah, like you said, I also took a, a small nap in the middle of the race, uh, unintentionally. Um, so <laughs> it was, uh, just one of those, I guess. But then I did go back and rewatch it to do my due diligence for you guys. <laughs> That's how much we love podcasting, is we went back and watched the race a second time, even if it wasn't the most even exciting. If it was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, just uh, so let's go through the results, I guess. Um, on the podium was Verstappen, Perez, and Alonso. Fourth and fifth were Russell and Sainz. Six through ten was Hamilton, Leclerc, Gasly, Ocon, and Magnussen. Eleven through fifteen was Tsunoda, Stroll, Bottas, Albon, and Hulkenberg. Sixteen through twenty was Joe, Norris, DeVries, Piastri, and Sargent. So, um, another thing to note, I guess, I forgot to mention in qualifying, Lewis Hamilton qualified 13th, uh, very poor qualifying performance from him, he was just, uh, he didn't have any real problems with the car, he was just that slow. Um, same with Lance Stroll, they kind of messed up their tire strategy in qualifying, but Lance Stroll also qualified in P18, where his teammate qualified on the front row in second place. So, not a good showing. Uh, also, McLaren qualified 16th and 19th. 
So for the McLaren fans, we had some more pain this week. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, the, the qualifying really messed up, and it really impacted this track more than maybe some other tracks. Uh, not for Max Verstappen, obviously. Um, but I definitely felt that for a lot of the drivers where if they had maybe placed further up, they probably could have maintained their position. But uh, drivers like Lance Stroll, just they're not super, super racy compared to a lot of the, the higher up. But if he had placed higher up in qualifying, I have no doubt that he would have been able to maintain his spot uh, better yeah. than if he had been so far back. I wonder if that's why there were so many overtakes in the race. Uh, it's just because qualifying was so shaken up. Um and then maybe that's why the overtakes also didn't feel as important is because the people that were making their way through the field were the people you expected to <laughs> make their way through the field. Yeah. Um, so I guess that could be part of it too. Um, but yeah, like you said, Verstappen was completely untouchable this weekend. Absolutely in a class of his own. Um, you could just see that he was managing the race and going at his own pace, and it was just faster than everybody else. Absolute rocket ship. He was in second at lap 15. Uh, he caught mm-hmm. up to Checo very quickly in terms of, you know, the pit stop differential. Um, yeah, the double overtake that he had on the straight, uh, I thought he was just going to go for one person, uh, kind of like everybody thought, and then he ended up just overtaking two. It's yeah. just insane. It was insane, like, the, the straight-line speed that he had out of that last corner. Uh, that he was able to absolutely... It wasn't even, like, close. He just blew by both cars. It was pretty insane. Um, but uh, there were also no DNFs this race. This is the 13th ever F1 race with zero DNFs. It was really doesn't happen very often. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it's, I was actually kind of surprised it's only happened 13 times, but really I can't think of the last time that it happened. Um, it really doesn't happen often, uh, uh, a Formula One race with no DNFs. Um, cars are always crashing or blowing up or something, uh, but that was not the case this race and everybody made it across the finish line, so... Um, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, it just meant that we did not get any safety car or virtual safety car or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you would have thought, I would have hoped that Charles Leclerc actually making it through a race would have voted better for his, uh, race finish, but, uh, at least Carl Sainz had a little more luck, but yeah, man, the Ferraris are just not doing well. And Charles Leclerc especially seems like there's something going on where he is not fully connecting. Yeah, it seems like there's some mental block this year because he's been crashing a lot. He crashed twice uh, before the race even started in Miami, once in, I think, Q3, uh, FP3, and then once in Q3. Uh, it was at the same corner, too, if I, if memory serves right. Yeah, and um, he's never been, like, the best, you know, the cleanest racer. He never puts a step wrong and is just consistent. He's always been one of the faster, more riskier uh, drivers. But this season, even compared to last season, he I don't know, it feels like he just can't 
get through a race, and if he does, it's just he's taking it too slow. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the pace of the Red Bull, and he feels a lot of pressure to be up with them when I just don't think that's even feasible, and I think he just needs to focus on his own stuff. Yeah, he need, um, yeah focus on Mercedes and uh, Aston Martin first, but from what I've yeah, seen, and I don't even know if they're going to be able to catch up to them. No one's going to catch Red Bull. I... I still think there's a chance Fernando wins a race this year, but I mean, the more time goes on and I see how fast the Red Bull is, I I really doubt it. At the, like, well, I I don't doubt it at this point, uh, but I am less convinced than I was at the beginning of the year after the first race. Yeah, it would it would take a double Red Bull DNF at this point. I feel like for anyone to even have a shot. It it seems like it. Yeah. Um, like the Red Bulls have finished haven't they finished one two in every single race so far? I think so. Have they really? I'm pretty sure. I thought for sure there were a couple where Perez might not have been right up there with Verstappen, but I might be wrong. No, because I remember coming into this race, whoever won this race would have been leading the championship. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, so I guess we might be wrong on that, but I'm pr- I think it's been a Red Bull one two every race so far this year. Either way, so it's yeah still just absurd. Kind of ins- oh maybe not because Checo. I don't think Checo finished second in Australia because that was just a crazy race. Oh yeah. Uh, so never mind on that, but it's been. In terms of pace-wise, it's been the Red Bulls very much at the top, and no one even close. Yeah. Do um, you think uh, Checo has a, a shot at the championship? Uh, I mean, I do at the moment think he does, but he needs to figure out a way to either get into Max's head or figure out the car or something. He needs to win. He needs to win more races. Um yeah. I think he's going to do better this season than he did even last season. I think this will probably be his best season. Um, but, I mean, he's kind of just having one of those, you know, we're going back to, like, the 2018, 1920 Mercedes where Bottas was, like, he started the season really well and was even leading the championship for the first, you know, four or five races. And then, you know, the inevitable Hamilton comeback happened and, Hamilton ran away with the title. I just I see that happening and becoming kind of the the standard at Red Bull is um, Perez becoming the new Bottas. Yeah, yeah. Because this weekend, uh, even on fresher tires, I think Max is eclipsing his lap times pretty noticeably. Yeah. So, if he can muster the pace, uh, then it comes down to will Red Bull let them fight? Will they let them take that chance and let them fight it out? Uh, will they skew towards one driver or another? I mean, we saw how that went at Mercedes, but everyone hopes that at Red Bull they'll be a little bit looser with that. I think they will. Um, to start out with, they have a 122-point lead in the championship, so I think they could DNF, like, what, three races almost and still be leading. Like, yeah. they could double, double DNF three races and still be in front. Um, so, I think they'll let them race until they crash. 
and then that's when team orders are going to start happening. But I do, I, I am pretty sure that at some point this season we will see a Red Bull double DNF because they crash into each other. Ooh, bold prediction. Write that one down. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It might come sooner rather than later, uh, because Checo's going to start getting desperate here pretty soon, I think, in terms of trying to stay in it. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe Monaco. Maybe that'll be my bold prediction for Monaco. Ooh. Um, but we'll see. Um, Alonso is consistently finishing on the podium, uh, which no one saw coming before this season started. Um, Fernando is doing such a good job leading everybody else. Um, much better than his teammate Lance. Uh, he's just outclassing him in every way right now. Um, but it seems like he's very happy with the car. He's driving it to the best of its ability and also watching the TV screens while he's driving around the track. Um, (laughs) yeah, his capability of multitasking while driving an F1 car far eclipses my multitasking capability while sitting in a chair looking at a computer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He was driving around the track, watching the um, the big jumbotrons, uh, and asking about Lance's progress while he was in his own uh, part of the race. It was quite interesting and funny to see that. Um, but yeah, Alonso's doing great. Mercedes struggled a lot this weekend. Um, they had some some issues in qualifying. Uh, they did kind of come back in the race with um, Hamilton finishing sixth and Russell finishing fourth. So it didn't end up being a terrible race for Mercedes overall. But uh, in terms of qualifying, it did look a little shaky. And then McLaren had a absolutely horrible weekend, um, finishing 17th and 19th after qualifying, what was it, 14th and 19th, something like that. Um, no, 16th and 19th. Yeah. So, pretty, pretty poor performance. I thought they were back after Baku. Um, they brought their upgrades, but it turns out they are still not doing super great, which is not fun to see for me. At least they still have IndyCar. Yes, at least they still have success in IndyCar and good drivers there. Um, Logan Sargent had a pretty bad home race ended up finishing a lap down uh in last place not not really what he wanted this weekend i'm sure no Um, no not at all but yeah but he's a rookie and so uh that's kind of to be expected i guess same with devries but um i would say devries is i don't know i was expecting devries to do so much better this year yeah, at least all the rookies finished around the same spot. Uh, they're That's all fair. pretty tight together having their own little race. So it's yeah. not like he's the weakest of the rookies and really sticking out like a sore, throng, uh, sore thumb. It just seems like this is a race that really punished the inexperience. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Nick DeVries has been struggling so far this season. Not had a lot of good races uh, he still is yet to score points. He's one of two drivers, including Logan Sargent, to not score points this season so far. Um, 
not not been super impressive. He is a rookie, so kind of some slack. We're only five races into his career. Um, but with him being in AlphaTauri, um, whose drivers are selected by Helmut Marco, uh, there's a lot of pressure on him to start performing pretty quickly because there's a lot of talent that is chomping at the bit to get into that second AlphaTauri seat. Um, so if he doesn't turn it around, I'd say by the midpoint of the season, then we might not see him back next year. Yeah, hopefully they give him time to develop, but Red Bull is definitely still a meat grinder. Yep, absolutely. I'm honestly surprised that Tsunoda has made it this far. I think Tsunoda is proving himself this year, but after his first two seasons, I was shocked they gave him a third, but he is doing rather well this year, considering how bad that car is. Yeah, yeah, and being out from under uh, Gasly uh, might have been a little boost for him. Yeah, possibly, because Gasly is just, I think Gasly is just a super underrated driver. Yeah, there's a reason um, he, he drove for Red Bull for a spell there. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't go super well, but Max Verstappen is a teammate killer, so uh, honestly, Perez is the only person that's been even remotely close, and even then, if you really think about it, he hasn't been any closer than Albon or Gasly, where I think he's just been more consistent, and uh, I think Red Bull needed that stability for the last couple of years to help them with the championship. Yeah. Um, but in terms of pace, Gasly and Albon were just as close to Max. Um, but, yep, yeah, Stroll had a rough weekend, like we talked about a little bit starting in 18th, uh, but he did make his way up to 12th by the end of the race. Didn't get any points, but he did make up some solid ground. And then Haas scored points this week, and they promised that if they scored points in Miami, they would give away 10,000 Chipotle burritos. And so now I'm sure someone is going to hold them to that. Yeah, who are they giving the burritos to? I don't know. Uh, hopefully people that need them. <laughs> Just one guy. Yeah, one guy. One guy gets... Yeah, Gene Haas gets 10,000 Chipotle burritos. Uh, but I don't know. The Chipotle is one of their one of their um, sponsors, main sponsors. And so uh, that is the connection there. We saw a video of Kevin Magnuson eating a burrito inside his F1 cockpit. Or is a burrito bowl uh, inside his F1 cockpit this week, which was somewhat entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of room for that, I wouldn't think. No, there wasn't a ton of room. He kept talking about how he didn't want to spill it inside his car, which is fair. Yeah, you have to smell uh, burrito for 57 laps around <laughs> Miami. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't be ideal. All right, let's go through the standings real quick in the championship. And first place is, of course, Max Verstappen, followed by Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso. Fourth and fifth are Hamilton and Sainz. Six through ten is Russell, Leclerc, Stroll, Norris, and Gasly. Eleven through fifteen is Hulkenberg, Ocon, Piastri, Bottas, and Joe. Sixteen through twenty is Sunoda, Magnussen, Albon, Sargent, and DeVries. And the Constructors' Championship leading the way, of course, is Red Bull Racing, followed by Aston Martin and Mercedes. Fourth and fifth are Ferrari and McLaren. 6 through 10 is Alpine, Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, and Williams. Um, there is quite a points gap between 4th and 5th place, between Ferrari and McLaren. Uh, 
and McLaren, by the way, is tied with Alpine at 14 points. Ferrari, one step above them, is at 78 points. Mercedes at 96. Aston Martin at 102. And Red Bull at 224. So um, there's very much a top four teams this year. And then the rest. <laughs> well, there's the top three teams and then Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's Formula 1, and then there's Formula 1.5, and then there's <laughs> Formula 1.9 because Formula 2 already exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just ridiculous. And we have so many races this year. I don't really see yeah. that helping any of the other teams aside from Red Bull. Red Bull might win the championship with, like, seven or eight races left. Because they could already, like I said, DNF three races. Double DNF for three races. And... I mean, that's only going to grow as the season goes on. Um, and we're just barely a fifth of the way through the season. Uh, so I could easily see them winning with seven or eight races left, which is kind of insane. This is nutty, uh, yeah. If Checo can keep it close in the drivers for longer than that, that would be nice. But I don't, I don't know if I see that happening either. Um, we'll see what happens. But let's move into our paddock news section, um, kind of including our rumor section from last season in this paddock news. Um, Lewis Hamilton this week stated that he watches IndyCar and that he would be interested in driving them someday, and I am all for this. I would absolutely love to see Hamilton in an IndyCar. Uh, I think it would really show how talented he is. Um, I'm, it's really hard to tell how... I mean, everyone like there's he's got go up status. He's got he's in the running for that for greatest of all time, uh, with seven championships tied for the lead with Michael Schumacher. You can't you, know, you can't uh, you know just brush that off. But it's really hard to tell with how dominant that Mercedes car was for so long, where he actually stacks up in terms of driving ability, um, because he really only beat Bottas and then Nico Rosberg a couple times, and. Um, so it's 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 really hard to tell whereas i think drivers in indycar are really put in their place really quickly yeah and will you see that with how many different changes there are across the podiums for indycar i mean obviously you have some of the same names that are consistently doing well you know like new garden Pato, uh power erickson uh those drivers but it's still it's such a change up every race yeah, and... it's it's one of those things where in IndyCar, like a bad day means more. Like in F one right now, if Max Verstappen has a bad day, he gets second or third. In IndyCar, if Max Verstappen has a bad day, he might finish outside the top ten. Yeah. So I think they should take the Las Vegas Grand Prix, change it, and make it an Indianapolis five hundred style double points shootout in F one cars. Interesting. I think, I think that's what they should do. Instead of having just another super expensive glitzy race, I think they should put the race, not even in Indianapolis, put it at some random oval in the middle of nowhere. Make it super cheap so anyone can go and just have these F1 drivers go around a circle 200 times for double points for that race. That would be very interesting, but that's not going to happen ever. <laughs> That'd be so cool, though. 
Think about the drivers that would get a chance to actually score points and maybe get a little further ahead in the championship. Yeah, I mean, that Williams might might have a good shot at winning with the straight line speed it has. Exactly. That'd be so exciting. Um, And anybody could go watch it. That would be fun, yes. Uh, Maybe in the future, but (laughs) I'd be very surprised. (laughs) That's my alternate universe. Yeah. Um, also in panic news this week, we have rumors of Charles Leclerc having contract conversations with Mercedes for the upcoming years. That would be quite the, the pairing if we had, uh, I think it'd probably be Leclerc and Russell at Mercedes. I think there would be fireworks very quickly. Yeah, I, um, I don't know about that. In what way? I don't, would Mercedes actually want a driver like Charles Leclerc. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like three years ago, yeah, definitely. But now, I don't know. Maybe you want a second driver type of person. Yeah, maybe someone like Sainz. Want to go someplace where he would be a second driver? No, probably not. But I mean, does Leclerc want to stay with Ferrari forever? If this is the the yeah, that the is the point. I mean, he's driven for Ferrari. That was his dream. He's won races with Ferrari. He won at Monza. He's done the Ferrari things. He just... I don't know if he'll ever win a championship in that team. Yeah. So, we'll see. And I mean, he really hasn't even won that many races. I was looking at his pole position to race win ratio earlier this week, and it's it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Like Verstappen has, I think oh, I don't I don't know the numbers, but Verstappen and Perez both have more wins from Leclerc pole positions than Leclerc does, which is kind of sad. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Perez only has like five race wins, and so that must mean that Perez per- Leclerc wins from pole is probably less than like three. Uh. So, I think Leclerc's only won four or five races as well. I can't really think of very many. Um, so, I don't know how long he'll stay with with uh, Ferrari. I don't think it'll be forever. Uh, as much as, you know, he kind of fits that brand. Uh, I think he will move on at some point. But we will see. That is for the future. Let's move on to the Pit Stop Championship. Um, in first place this week, surprise, surprise, was Carlos Sainz with Ferrari. Unfortunately, he did take that five-second penalty entering the pit lane, but at least his pit stop was quick at 2.21 seconds. Uh, following Sainz was Perez and Piastri. Fourth and fifth were Hamilton and Gasly. Sixth and seven were Leclerc and Ocon. Eighth through ten was Albon, Russell, and Alonso. Verstappen did not even finish in the points this week. He has pit stop was three point one three seconds, and he finished sixteenth. Yeah, it doesn't help when you don't actually have that many pit stops during the race. Yep, everybody pitted once, so uh, yep, <laughs> everyone got one shot, and Red Bull didn't uh, do the greatest pit stop for Verstappen, unfortunately for him. Uh, so as far as standings go in the pit stop championship, Perez is out in front, followed by Leclerc and Sainz. Alcon and Gasly in fourth and fifth. Uh, six through ten was Hamilton, Verstappen, Tsunoda, Russell, and Norris. 
in the Constructors' Championship, we have Ferrari out in front, uh, which is kind of a surprise, but that's cool. Followed by Red Bull and Alpine, Mercedes and McLaren, AlphaTauri and Alfa Romeo, Williams, Aston Martin, and Haas. Uh, so maybe we'll see a battle between Ferrari and Red Bull this season for pit stops. That would be fun. That'd be one way for them to challenge them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, overtake of the week. I give it to the double overtake for Stappen had on Leclerc and Magnussen on lap three of the Miami Grand Prix. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, easy one. Yeah, it was just uh, it was definitely the most entertaining overtake of the of the week for me. Uh, I didn't really watch any other races. I, I did watch a little bit of the uh, 12 Hours of Spa in the first race uh, with the GT cars, but um, not a ton. I watched for about 20 minutes, and then there was a big accident, and the there was a red flag, and so I, I quickly tuned out after that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I still gave it to Verstappen. Uh, I think that was a really sweet overtake, even if it wasn't that difficult. Uh, looked really impressive. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our predictions. Uh, for last week, we had the Miami Grand Prix. To remind everybody of the top five, it was Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Russell, and Sainz. What did you say, Ben? I had Verstappen, Russell, Perez, Sainz, and Alonso. Okay, so you got the top five correct, but in the wrong order. Dang it. That was so <laughs> close. And Sargent was yeah. nowhere to be seen. Yeah, Sargent was your dark horse, and he finished last, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, my top five was Perez, Verstappen, Alonso, Leclerc, and Sainz. I got Alonso and Sainz right in third and fifth, but um, got... Perez and Verstappen switched at the top and then had Leclerc in fourth instead of Russell. My dark horse was Lando Norris and he didn't finish much further ahead than than Sargent did, so <laughs> both of us swung and missed there. Yeah. Yeah, it it's really indicative of how little variation there is in F1 results versus IndyCar. Uh I was filling out my race predictions uh for the next series of races in IndyCar and F1 and it is so much easier to make predictions for F1. I mean, oh, even yeah. if I got them out of order, I got the top five correct at least. Uh, whereas IndyCar, it, I mean, it could also just be my relative inexperience, but it feels more like a shot in the dark. It does. It's very difficult to tell. Um, for IndyCar especially, yeah. But let's go into our fastest lap for Miami. Uh, fastest lap went to Max Verstappen. What did you say? I said Russell. Gotcha. And I actually did say Verstappen this week, so I get a point for that one. Very nice. A driver of the day went to Max Verstappen. What did you put, Ben? I put Logan Sargent. Ah, and I put Fernando Alonso. Um, Verstappen was definitely, I think, a worthy winner of that award, uh, winning from P9 on the grid. He uh, was definitely the most entertaining driver to watch that race. Um, okay, let's move into our predictions for next week. Uh, in IndyCar, we have the GMR Grand Prix at Indianapolis. This is the road course, not the oval. Uh, we have this race, and um, after this one is the Indy 500 at the end of May, uh, which I am actually very excited for. I can't yeah, wait to watch that quit. this year. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then uh, that's going to shake up the championship a lot. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, but let's go through our predictions. Uh, I'll let you go go first, Ben. Pull position. All right. I've got Grosjean here. Okay. Fair enough. He's been very quick in qualifying and the race, really. Yeah. Um, I said Colton Herta because he had a very good race here last year. And I think the year before that, too. So uh, this is definitely one of his tracks. Yeah, viral overtake here last year, wasn't it? Uh, where he was, like, sideways? Yeah. Yeah, there was a wet track, and he, Tokyo, drifted around it and was passing people even still. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely oh. had some good moments here. Yeah, maybe it wasn't overtake. Maybe it was just a gnarly drift. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, he's very good at this track. He's had multiple good results here, so I would not be surprised if he has another one. What'd you put on your podium, Ben? In no particular order, I have Grosjean, Newgarden, and Scott Dixon. Okay. And in no particular order, I have Herda, Grosjean, and Ericsson. I like to see the variation, but I do notice that we both have Grosjean doing uh, pretty well on this track. I honestly feel like Grosjean has a legitimate shot at the title this year. He's been in great form. When he actually finishes yep. a race, I mean, for even sure. when he doesn't finish a race, he's still usually fighting for that top spot until he crashes. Yeah, what if he just keeps getting second place and wins the championship without winning a race? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be insane. I, I don't know how he'd feel about it. I mean, I think he'd be elated, but I still think he wants to win a race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, winning number of pit stops, what did you say? I had three. Uh, I have no bearing for what it'll take. I don't remember how many there was last year or anything related to it. I just like number three. Yep, I said two. I don't remember what it was last year, but it's a road course and two feels right to me. Okay, so we'll, we'll see. learn about this eventually. Uh, someday. <laughs> Maybe after a few more years of watching the sport. Yeah. Uh, Alright, Formula 1. Imola is coming up next time around uh, in two weeks' time. I'll let you go through your top five for me, Ben. Alrighty, I've got in first place for Stoppen, followed by Alonso, Perez, Russell, and Hamilton. And then my dark horse is Pierre Gasly. Okay. I have Verstappen winning as well, followed by Sainz and Leclerc on the podium, followed by Perez and Alonso going down to fifth place. And my dark horse is Nico Hulkenberg. I like that. Hulkenberg's been doing uh, pretty well. He has, yeah. He's had some really good pace in that house, so... Um, Hopefully he has a, a good race this year, a couple good races. Yeah. All right. Fastest lap. I put Verstappen. And I put Alonso. Uh, driver of the day. I put Alonso. And I said science. So we've got some intermixing here of our yeah. predictions. Spaniard uh, power. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't. It's kind of this one was kind of hard to predict, uh, other than for Stepan winning. <laughs> um, I don't know why Emma always has felt kind of like a different track to me than any other place. Um, I can't really explain why I feel like that, but uh, we'll see. All right, Ben, time for your words of wisdom for the week. Yeah. So.
this comes down to not necessarily like just splurging all the time with your money, but not being afraid to, you know, trying to set aside money away from like your savings, stuff like that. Just setting aside a little money every paycheck to budget for cool stuff that you want to get. Uh, there's no point in getting money. It doesn't do anything for you unless you're able to like make yourself happier or improve your quality of life. So like, why not have a cool pocket knife budget or like a little video game budget or something like that? Uh, I think that stuff is totally worth being able to budget for and have a little bit of money to spend on. Because uh, it can, can kind of give you a goal uh, to help uh, figure out your savings and maybe entice you to put money away towards different things in general. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. Whoever said money can't buy happiness? I don't want to live a life like that. <laughs> Clearly, they never uh, bought Cyberpunk for half off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh huh. Or F one twenty twenty two for ninety five percent off because everybody hates it. There you go. Uh, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> I I don't think that game's gonna recover from its horrible reviews. <laughs> yeah. Um, they uh they flopped on that one. But regardless, thank you for your words of wisdom, Ben. It is always nice to have nice things and have money to do nice things for yourself. But on that note, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about the Formula One Imola Grand Prix and the IndyCar Indy GMR Grand Prix. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See ya.